are taking a journey with Abram, the father of faith. I want to encourage you, we are a note-taking church, so go ahead and prepare your phones and, and some paper and just jot down some thoughts. Uh, but we're taking a journey with Abram, the father of faith, is what Christians over history have nicknamed Abram. He's earned that name. And uh, we thank God for the example that he set. Abram lived some nearly 4,000 years ago, and um, he's one of the main reasons that we, we are in this room together. Yeah. Um, the main reason is Jesus, but the whole deal started with Abram, yeah. and um, so we're, we're, we're taking a journey with him. Has this series, just show of hands, have you been blessed by the series? Has, yeah. has, has you, have you been inspired? And yes, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a great series. I'm going to, I'm going to miss this series. Uh, when, when we're done with it, but let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and jump into Genesis chapter 12. Then we're going to skip to Genesis chapter 15 because that's where we're, we are in the journey. We're in 15, but I want to go back to 12 for context, and um, we're going to pick it up there at verse 1, Genesis 12, and it says this here. It says, "The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives." your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And I will, and you will, sorry, be a blessing to others. I will bless those, uh, sorry, sorry, you'll be, I will bless those who bless you. Miss my coffee this morning. And <laughs> I'm like, where am I at? And curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. That, that's a prophecy about how Christ is going to come through uh, Abram. Amen. So all the families on the earth will have an opportunity to know God because of you, is what God is saying. And then he says, so this is my favorite part of, of the story. So Abram, because it's obedience, because God can promise you something, but unless you obey or unless you apply, Unfortunately, that promise just dries up. So this has to be your favorite part of this whole deal. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. <laughs> Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. And then let, let's skip on over to Genesis 15, because that's where we are. You remember last week, um, Abram won, won a battle, and he, he saved Lot and, and Lot's family and all of Lot's possessions because the area where Lot was in was overtaken and Lot's family was taken captive. So Abram went and saved them. And so we're going to jump back into after that, that situation. He met Melchizedek, who we know is um, Jesus Christ pre-incarnate. And it says this here, Genesis 15. Sometime later, someone say later. later. Oh, man, I kind of messed that up. Say time. time. Then say later. later. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes I don't know I got it. You know, I got it. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. You guys are awesome. <laughs> the Lord spoke to Abram. In a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. Now, this is where it gets good. This is what today is about, okay? But Abram replied, the great man of faith replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings 
when I don't even have a son. Whoa, that's new in the narrative, isn't it? Hasn't it been like up and all we do is win, win, you know what I mean? God did, ain't it, ain't it been kind of like that? God did, you know, I'm tripping now, complaining. Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said, this is, here's the series, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. Amen. I love that. I love how God, God's a stand-up guy, ain't he? Yeah. Like, bro, who, number one, who are you talking to? <laughs> Let's get this straight. That's the way I read the text. <laughs> I don't read no loving, cuddly, whatily God. I read, bro, who are you talking to? Because he put that little plug in there in the end, if you can. <laughs> Y'all got to read the Bible, man. <laughs> and he said this reluctantly, I believe. God said this. That's how many descendants you will have. He didn't say it like that. Yeah. All right, all right. And Abram believed the Lord. And the Lord counted him as righteous. So his soul was saved in that moment. There was no Jesus. But salvation was credited to him because of his faith. So Christ hadn't even died yet, but it was because of faith. And it says this here, because of, because of his faith. Um, you know, and sometimes we need a little correction. We need a little chin check. You know. Anyway, so we see the promises in Ur. I need you to follow the, the uh, upward trajectory. Uh, the promises in Ur, Genesis 12. All these great, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to curse those who curse you. I'm with you. So the promises in Ur. And then we see when they went to Egypt and the great man of faith lied that his wife was his sister. The great man of faith said, tell them that you are my sister. If not, they're going to take you and kill me. And so uh, that's what they did. And, and, and for whatever reason, God backed them up and protected them because God is a gracious God. They leave Egypt with provision, so resource and wealth. And then they retrieve the people and the plunder of Sodom. So it's just been up, 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 up for Abram. But there's still that thing in his heart, right? You, you've ever been in a season where everything is like, Great, 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 great. Like every, like if you had a list of top ten things, like uh, uh, number number two, you got it. Number three, you possess it. Number four, God gave it. Number five, all the way through ten. But that number one thing, that top thing, that Abram truly wants hasn't happened yet. And in the chronolo in, in the chronological following of Abram's life, it's been ten years. It's been ten years. Since Genesis chapter 12, we're in Genesis 15. Abram is now 85 years old and God still hasn't done the one thing that he truly wants. And this is why he's like, God, what? OK, your promises, whatever. <laughs> he's like the plunder of 
Sodom, whatever. He's like the provision of Egypt, which is the most powerful nation in the land at that time, whatever. I still don't have that one thing that I'm believing you for. So there's a, a void or a hole in his soul because he's lacking that that one thing. And the Lord told me to ask us today, good. and you ought to write this question down because this is, this is we're going to turn the corner real early. I plan to have you out of here soon. Here's the question today. How do I respond when the dream hasn't been fulfilled? And I'm, I meant to put, this is my bad, not production, but I meant to put hasn't been fulfilled yet. How do, how, do, how do I respond when the thing I truly want, the thing that I believe that God has put in my heart, hasn't been fulfilled yet, hasn't come to pass yet? How, how do I respond? Or how do I respond to, here it is, unmet expectations? Because that's really what this is. This, this is, um, this is a, a promise that has yet to be fulfilled. And because it has yet to be fulfilled, I think along the way, based upon how Abram is responding to God, these are also unmet expectations, right? right? Lord, I I moved. You told me to move. I moved, right? I I went to Egypt when there was a famine in Canaan. I did that. You told me to go to, I obeyed you, okay? You told me to uh, go and save my nephew Lot. I obeyed you, okay? I'm doing all this God stuff. God, and where's the blessing, right? So I'm going to entitle this message, I Doubt It. It won't come up on the screen, but we'll call this message, I Doubt It. I Doubt It. And I feel Abram. Anyone feel Abram? It's all right. Don't put on your church face in here today. We. I Doubt It. How do I respond? I I would propose that all of us, all of us, like 99.99, of us start to doubt. Oh, God. When the pandemic hit, I'm like, this is some crap. Ah, You should have been with me in my living room in March when when the news was on. My wife was sitting on the couch. I said, this is, man, this is crazy. I was praying for people's safety and stuff, but I'm like, God, we're, we're, we're on such an upward trajectory. And I feel like Abram's feeling as though he's on an upward trajectory, but he also feels like he's losing momentum and that God's not hearing him. And I think he feels like everything is going to start working against him because it's been so good for so long. You ever been in that situation where it's like, it's good right now, but when, 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 when the junk go bad eventually? <laughs> Right. Hold on, hold on now. <laughs> hold on. You amen in too hard over there, Sarah. I didn't ask for the commentary. Just, just say amen. It's coming around the corner. It's like, Brandon, get it. If it's coming, get it. All right now. And, and, and what I believe is that... um. We, we doubt for two reasons. Number one, this is so good. Number one, uh, time. Mm. Yep. That time is a sucker, man. Nope. At that time. That's why I tell people all the time, please don't put an expiration date. Yeah. 
on the promises of God. Amen. I almost named this message, God Can't Tell Time. You should write that down in your notes. He can't tell time. He doesn't tell time like us. And he frankly doesn't really care about how we feel about his plan and when he plans to do it. If you can count the stars. Don't you see it in the text? He doesn't care how Abram feels about his timing, right? Because God is going to do it when he's going to do it. All right, so time is a sucker. And then uh, disappointment. Disappointment also causes doubt. So it's taking too long, and I'm disappointed. So what we're going to do, simple message, is uh, I had a few statements, but I'm like, uh, God said, just follow the thread of the story and, and talk about it. All right? So we're going to pick out the three main th themes of these six verses. You ready? Number one, Abram doubted. Abram doubted. And to doubt means to be uncertain or to waver. And, and I want to encourage you, doubt is part of the human experience. Abram's still the father of faith. He's still an amazing man of God. He still did some amazing things for the Lord. But doubt is, is normal. And just because you doubt, it doesn't mean that you lack faith. It just means you're human. Right? Doubt is oftentimes the best friend of faith. And because I think we hit a threshold sometimes in our walk with God, and it's like, I know God's going to do it, but there's this part of me that is always wondering, is he really? And God isn't afraid of that, is he really? Right? And so it's normal. And let me, let me, incur, let me uh, clarify where doubt begins. Okay, if you're taking notes, doubt begins in the heart. It begins in our soul. And, and it, it, it begins there. Something has gotten into Abram's heart, into his emotions, into his mind. And so it moves from the heart, which is the center of man's existence, the soul, is where many theologians believe that the soul lives, is within the heart. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows life, right? What you do here flows into how you live. It moves from the heart, and then it moves into the mind, doubt. And, and this is where the battle happens. If you're anything like me, once doubt gets a grip on you, it begins to ruminate. If you, man, it, it, I, I was, um, man, it, it's, I've had some of the worst sleep over the past two weeks. And finally, I think around Wednesday or Thursday, I spoke to my doubt okay. because I said, I said, I'm so tired of being tired. Yeah, and what I realized is that I was allowing myself talk to weigh me down. It wasn't that God wasn't good. Yeah. It wasn't the lack of plunder of Sodom, the lack of provision in Egypt, the lack of promises in Ur. It, it was none of that. It was not that I was being defeated or anything. It was literally my self-talk 
me constantly allowing the voice on the inside to, to beat me down. And I finally said, that's enough. Because once it gets here, it's only a matter of time before Eleazar will be my heir. I have no descendants. It's like, whoa, whoa, but you are just in church yesterday. Praising the Lord. You just defeated, you know, you know, you just, what's going on here? And it's that, it's that battle of how it gets here, it moves here, and it moves here. Yeah. And you, you, you got to watch this yeah. because your words create your world. That's right. And all the, en- all the enemy wants to do is plant that seed here. Right. Because he knows that humans are good at um, overemphasizing negativity. Yeah. Yes. We got PhDs in it. Mm-hmm. Right, we're just, yep. we're good at it. And so you got to watch it once it gets here yeah. because it'll wear you out. Jesus said these words. These are the words of the Lord. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Yes. So how long has Abram been disappointed? How long has he been doubting? He's been moving and acting in faith, acting like a believer. But at a certain point, he stopped believing in his mind and in his heart. And that's what you call religion. I'm going through, I'm reading my Bible because I, I have to. I'm going to church because I have to. I'm doing this because I have to. But is your faith truly staying fresh? He's in a doubtful state. And what you have to do, hear my heart, is you have to confront, aggressively confront negative self-talk. You got to pick up on it. And you have to speak to it. And you got to I'm not doing this anymore. And I'm going to replace those words with the word of God and with words of faith. Because here it is. You can choose your doubt or you can choose your destiny, but you can't choose both. You, you, can, you, you can choose your doubt. You can choose your destiny, but you can't have both. There's no way, there's no way I can stay in a place in my mind and heart a place of uncertainty and expect to have the strength and the fortitude to move towards the promises of God. Because what happens in the heart and the mind dictates how you approach life. So in any given day, you have to wake up and choose destiny and you got to choose. All right. And what I love about God is that even though Abram doubted, number two, God responded. Amen. God responded says this here, then the Lord said to him, Genesis 15, then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. All right, go ahead and jot this down. God is not afraid of our doubts. He responds to them. As a matter of fact, I'll put it to you this way. God is always responding to your doubt. He's always responding to your doubt. I believe every hour of the day, God is responding to your doubts. But the question is, is do we recognize it? Do we, do we pick up on it? Right now, uh, in, in this message, he's responding to some of your doubts. But whether or not you receive his response is based on the condition of your heart. Right? And G- Jesus calls your heart good soil. Is your heart receiving 
the good news of the fact that God is always speaking to you and responding to your doubts. He's always pouring out his promises in his instructions. And there are three ways, if you want to jot these down, that God responds to our doubts. Number one is through spiritual leadership. It won't come up on the screen. He responds to our doubts through spiritual leadership. So maybe there's a pastor or a leader in your life or, or a strong person of faith that, that encourages you. And it's, it's, the onus is on us to receive those words of encouragement by faith as the very words of God themselves. The second way that he responds to our doubt is through the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is always guiding you. Jesus said he's going to guide you into all truth. Come on, He's going to always speak to you. It's him who's telling you not to do that. But he does it very gently. He's a gentleman. Satan's aggressive. You won't have a son. You won't have an heir. God's lying to you. It won't happen. The Holy Spirit will say, it's going to happen. And he really doesn't have to explain himself because he's God. The Holy Spirit will say, the Father's working on it. The Father's going to heal your family. The devil say, no, he won't. He's, he's a lie. They're going to die. You're going to be broke. You won't always make it. Holy Spirit says, that's a lie. Yes. Believe my word. Because he's a gentleman. But he's always guiding you. He'll say, get on up. I'm going to give you strength today. Go to the gym. I'm going to give you strength today. Go to work. Put a smile on your face. I'm going to give you strength today. Right? But he's always responding to our doubts. It's just a matter of do we recognize it and is our heart ready to receive it? And the third way that he's always responding to our doubts is the scriptures. The scriptures. He gave us this amazing book called the Bible. <clears throat> because in Abram's day, there was no written text. So God spoke to him. And let me teach you a little something about the Bible. The word scripture, if you're taking notes, means inspired writing. Inspired writing. What does it mean to... To inspire, it means to breathe in. So simply put, over the hundreds of years, the many different authors of Scripture, the Holy Spirit would breathe into prophets, and they would write what God said. So how does God respond to our doubt today? Spiritual leadership, the Holy Spirit, and always. <laughs> Always, if you're ever in doubt, you need a word from God. You can always open this thing. <laughs> it's right here. And um, there's a, some, some analytics out there that confirm that a person that reads their Bible four times a week um, decreases stress by 35%. Uh, loneliness goes down by 40%. And just overall general uh, optimism increases by 70%. Reading your Bible four times a week. So Abraham doubted, God responded. Come on. So God is also saying, I address your emotions through my word. That's right. You'll feel better if you're hearing what I'm saying, Abram. That's right. Because I got to recalibrate your faith. Yeah. 
And the onus is on you to feed yourself. Not even a 30-minute message can do it. But, but this, if you, if you would plant yourself in the Psalms and in Genesis, in the Gospels, in the Epistles, just plant yourself. Just try it this week. Say, okay, I'm going to read Ephesians one chapter a day. Just, just plant yourself there. And, and see, don't your doubts begin to be starved and your faith begins to be filled up. Right? God is responding to your doubts. But the question is, is do I recognize how he speaks? And once I recognize it, is my heart, someone say heart, heart. is my heart ready to receive the word? Right? And I believe Abram was because the Bible says that he believed. And what, 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 I, what, I, what I've learned about hard times, guys, oh, my God. I remember when my grandmother passed away. You know, my mom and my grandmother raised me. So she was definitely my mom, right? She was my second mom. All, all I knew to do was two things, cry and go to the Word. In order to address the emotional toil of losing a mother, I ran to the word of God. I, I ran to the word of God because Jesus understands what it is to lose a loved one. God understands my emotions more than I do. Right? God can comfort me more than, than a loved one can. The Holy Spirit can bring that comfort. The word of God will adjust my perspective in this season. When you're lacking resource, you run to the word. You run to the promises. You run to the instructions. You run to the word. When you're in transition from state to state, city to city, job to job, you run to the word. When you've lost a loved one, when, you know, maybe, you know, whatever it is, you run to the word so that the word of God can address your doubts. And you, you anchor your life in the truth, in the promises, and in the word of God. Because God responded to Abram. He didn't let him drown in his doubts. He responded to Abram. And today he is always responding. Come on, are y'all I know it ain't sexy. I know I ain't running around stage spitting and yelling and hollering. But the Lord just said, you need to today that's enough of the fuzzy stuff. You need to anchor them in scripture again. Because that's where the victory is. And, and so let me give you a tip. You read it. Here it is. You read it and you believe it. Period. And then you live it. And I think that's why God was so pleased with Abram. Because God didn't have to jump through hoops with Abram the way he does us. Right? Because immediately after God responded, number three, Abram believed very simple message today it's no well I gave him that message I have to visit him tomorrow and tell him again because you know that one was hard and you know I gotta visit him next week and tell him again no the Bible says Abram believe yeah. I just I just needed a talk I just needed a one-on-one -on -one. Yeah. and because I got a one-on-one -on -one, I believed on. and I'm, I'm good yeah, because I'll put it to you like this belief is a choice it's a, it's a choice. You can either choose to believe God or not believe him once he speaks. But, but it is, it's a choice. It, it, it's, it's a choice. And 
in order to uh, address those doubts, you got to believe it says this here, Genesis 15, five through six. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Believing God is a choice. It's a choice. And, and I want to encourage you with this. When it comes to the promises of God that you believe that he's made for your family and your life, here it is. Believe God no matter how long it takes. Yeah, that's right. Believe him for it. Even after disappointment, believe God. Even after you just got the worst news in the world, believe God. Be like your father, Abram. Immediately, I need you to leave your father's home, you know, your country, your relatives. Abram departed. You will inherit. I will do this. Abram believed. It was immediate. It wasn't as, oh, God, I don't know. I'm going to do me. No. Believe God. It took uh, Thomas Edison over three years, and history accurately records, not 1,000 or 10,000, it took him 2,774 attempts at the light bulb in three years before he finally achieved his goal and fulfilled his vision. Three years. It took Henry Ford seven years from idea and concept to the fulfillment of vision. Seven years. Seven years of toil. Seven years of pain. Seven years of criticism and negativity and tears. Like, will this, will this really actually happen? Seven years of denial. Seven years of trying to... And it breaking down on them. Seven years. There was a gentleman at the age of 22 who had his first job was fired because they told him, quote unquote, he lacked imagination. He was 22. At the age of 53, Walt Disney welcomed his first guest into the gates of Disneyland, California. 31 years of you lack of man. And guess, I'm sure that voice followed him for 31 because that's what the devil loves to do. You ain't going to have a son. God's a liar. You lack imagination and you have to make a decision. As I'm waiting on God, do I believe in the report of the enemy? Do I let that self-talk take me out? Or do I keep believing? Do I keep dreaming? Right? Do I stay in a place of faith? Do I stay in a place of honor? Do I stay consistent? Because um, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I need you to understand this. This It's the biggest revelation I got about. Because I was asking the Lord, why did you make Abram wait 25 years? We're only halfway through the, the series. It's 10 years. We got 15 more to go. Why did you make Abram wait 25 years before you fulfilled that promise? And he, I felt like he told me a bunch of things, but I'll deduce it to this. That's good. 
I'll deduce it to this. This is why you got to keep believing and keep dreaming, keep believing, keep dreaming. Is that faith eventually makes all things possible. Faith eventually, that's the last point, eventually makes all things possible. Key word there. What's the key word? Eventually. And, and that's, right, that's what you're going to have to accept right there. The eventually portion. Yeah. And that's what you got to hold on to. Because when I can't see what he's doing, I have to trust what he said. Yes. That's right. That's right. I'm going to say it again. When you can't see what God is doing, you must trust what he has said. And faith is the ability to believe God for the impossible thing that he's promised you. Faith eventually. So why does God make us wait? To strengthen our faith. Not to disappoint us. Please hear my heart. Y'all going to miss this. God makes us wait to strengthen our faith. Not to disappoint us. He's not hiding. Because he understands faith eventually makes all things possible. And if your faith is weak, the thing that I promised you will not come to pass. So you got to commit and double down even when it didn't happen when you thought it should. Because when you double down and you trust again, though you don't have it, your faith just got stronger. And I'm, I'm learning to embrace that. That's one thing I've loved about this series, man. Like, I'm, I'm, not on, I'm not in anyone else's lane. I'm not living anyone else's life. I'm finding peace in my journey. Oh, man. I pray in this series you're finding it. Are you finding peace in your life, your journey, your dream? Yeah, and it says this here. I'll close this out with this. In Romans 4, this is the Apostle Paul. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping believing that he would become the father of many nations. Here's the word of God. Open your heart. Get this in your heart and believe it with everything. This is you. This ain't just Abram. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. It got stronger. Even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith, here it is, grew. Someone say it, stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Can we put our hands together for the word of God?